0: Join Boss Up magazine at the second annual Boss Bash in Washington, D.C., October 24th, 2020 from 1 to 6 p.m. This event is going to be bringing bosses together. It will offer a dynamic speaker panel, amazing vendors, phenomenal and greets, and so much more. If you are located in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, please come out to this amazing event and have a good time. Expand your network and Boss Up. For more details about this event, you can learn more at bossupmag.org slash bash. See you there.
1: Yo, you are listening to the Boss Bar Podcast. The show that brings you an intimate conversation with the boss behind the business. The Boss Bar, brought to you by Boss Up Magazine, is the official podcast for the emerging bosses in the business, entertainment, and political world. Want to learn more about our guest? Simply go to bossupmag.org. We have an amazing show lined up for you today. So without further ado, here's your host, Destiny, the Fly Girl.
2: Welcome to the Boss Bar Podcast, where we introduce you to the boss behind the business. Today, the show we're talking with Jesse Gilley, who is the founder and CEO of Giving LLC. Jesse uses LuxGiving.com to bring communities together by offering a wide variety of community events through a lifestyle series. She's been featured on QVC and in Essence Magazine. As a lifestyle expert, QVC model, and entrepreneur, Jessie is passionate about sharing her experience with traveling around the world, as well as creating and executing events that bring communities together.
3: our family, I want you to give a warm welcome to Jessie Gary. Welcome to the show, Jessie. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to sit here and talk with you today. I'm so excited to be able to contribute to anything that your uh, listeners are needing to know about entrepreneurship and being a boss awesome awesome so tell me a little bit about yourself and your background Um, so I actually went to Penn State I am born and raised in Washington DC and during my senior year in high school my mom decided to move to Texas so I wanted to be back up north and the furthest place I could go was Pennsylvania (laughs) And so I ended up finishing up my, I graduated with a bachelor's in business, but with a hospitality focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to do things with um, either, and in, in hospitality in general, either in restaurants or event planning and things. And um, one thing I realized is that having a skill set is one thing, but understanding business is a, another thing. So I knew that, um, Pennsylvania, Penn State was known for their business program. So I went to Penn State and, and finished in 2003. Wow. Now, I see
2: in your bio that you were a QVC model. How did you get into that?
3: So that's a really funny story. So <laughs> uh, it really is. Uh, growing up, I never really paid attention to looks. by no means. My mother was an educator. Most of the women in my family were all, like you would say, like educators and very smart. So being beautiful or uh, acknowledging that was not something that was really encouraged or not in the forefront of our mind. But my mother always would try to get me to do uh, different types of things, and I knew that she wanted me to do the Lane Bryant. Uh, the, the Lane Bryant used to have like a actual contest back in the late 90s, early 2000s for the Real Woman Contest. And my mom always would say, like, you should really do modeling, da, da, da. And I was like, no, I'm in this school. Don't do it. Like, cause it was, I was, like, one of those smart kids. And I was like, no, I'm in school. I'm just trying to take over the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, and someone I eventually was just like, you know what, let me give modeling a chance. Um, I found someone to do some photos. And I went into the agency in Philadelphia, Reinhardt agency that's in downtown Philadelphia and walked in with some images and was able to walk out before booking that day. Never did wow. anything. Yeah. And it was totally just like for me a God thing because it was something I was fighting. Um, because being an academic is like that's something you're just like, oh, I have to Be portrayed a certain way, and I did have like somewhat of a negative connotation towards the energy, um, the actual industry. And so it started out with me doing this contest, but I did not win. That was the whole point of it was doing this (laughs) photo shoot uh, (laughs) so that I can be in Lane Bryant, which I did end up working with, um, doing like fashion, fashion show stuff over my um, career. Um, and so it happened to be that the agency worked with QVC all the time. And I had been positioned to work with them several times, but, again, because I'm very stubborn um, in that aspect, I was like, no, this isn't what I really want to do. I'm just doing it because it's fun. And um, eventually I was given the opportunity after the second or third attempt of working with them. And I decided to do it. And I worked with them for over seven, eight years doing shows with them, worked with a bunch of amazing designers, met some phenomenal people uh, that have great industries right now that were just starting out because a uh, a lot of designers and business owners that have consumer products, that's where they start. Because if you can push a lot of products, on QVC, now you have not only the name, but now you have the access to their platform. So I've met some really great people through through the years working for them.
2: That's really really uh, interesting story. Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about what's Giving LLC and how that kind of came in? Like you were a model, academic, a model, then you started your own business. Can you kind of walk me through? Um, that and what Lux Giving LLC is?
3: Yeah, so Lux Giving LLC, what we do is help apartment complexes with creating lifestyle events to help with connecting with their residents. Um, we all see, especially in a metropolitan city, you see all of these branding buildings being thrown up. They're all are nice, they're all are beautiful, and that's wonderful. But what's going to keep someone there is them feeling connected to the property. And what we try to support property managers with is being able to create a connection so that people are having a better um, feeling about not only their residents, but also with the management company. And it's all about making people feel like they're home and they have a place that they love and people that they don't have to know the whole building. But at least it's not when I get on the elevator, I'm looking at my feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ready and ready to escape back into my apartment, but being open to meeting people. So um, that is what giving is. And um, how I came to this world was really um, just through prayer. That's the best way I can say it. Like I grew up, like I mentioned, really focusing on being an academic and growing up this corporate ladder. That was my whole mindset. Even though my mom always had her own businesses, I still thought that I wanted to work in corporate America. And and, that it's, and granted, entrepreneurship is not for everybody, or doing it full-time is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I definitely didn't see myself as actually having my own business. I used to work doing chemical sales for a multi-billion-dollar company that's one of the larger chemical brands that's out there. And so I was a sales technician for powder coating. The mm. least fabulous, luxury-looking <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
3: industry ever. Like, people were like, you did stuff with science and chemicals? I'm like, yeah, I never would imagine. Um, but growing up, I wanted to work in corporate America and work for a large company and work my way up. So I could go and do things in other countries and mm. have a certain kind of lifestyle and that's what I envisioned, like that's what I equated to having a certain level of success,
2: mm-hmm. just working
3: my way up and, and then taking over, you know, the chemical industry. And still, like three years into it, I realized no, that's not exactly what you want to do. <laughs> and I started to deplug. I still did a great job. My boss did a great job of keeping me incentivized and giving me promotions and when they can tell my energy was shifting. Um, they would try to keep me motivated with raises and you know, oh, all of those That's a great yeah. motivator. <laughs> yeah. You know? And um but I knew like my heart wasn't there. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't. Like I mean, at that point I wasn't even thirty and I thought to myself, like, I am struggling to make it to my five-year mark. How am I going to knock out these other 20-plus years? Like, mm. I, I really found myself in that position. I was making great money between modeling and working a full-time job. I was making over six figures over, you know, not even being 20, I mean, not even being 30 years old. So that's great mm. money back then, uh, even more so now too. Um, so it wasn't that I was lacking, but I just was empty. And that always stayed in my mind, like, you can make money, but it won't mean anything if it doesn't fulfill you with what mm-hmm. you're doing. And I found myself at this roadblock where um, I just knew that this wasn't anything I wanted to do. My mom, she she's now passed away, but she had got her first battle with breast cancer. She actually had it four times. And my my. Boss was very understanding. I set up a schedule so that certain days I can go and take care of her and things like that. And um, I was up for another promotion, but they ended up telling me that, hey, Jessie, just so you know, your schedule would have to change if you got this job. And at that point, I felt that, was I willing to sacrifice what was necessary to grow in this world? mm mm-hmm. And I, took, I I turned it down, and my boss was like, well, how can we keep you motivated? And I politely told her, keep paying me every two weeks. You know I'm not going to do anything horrible. I'm not going to lose my integrity within the business. But I don't look at anybody above me and want to change jobs with you. I would love your check, but what you sacrifice <laughs> to have your check <laughs> I'm like, what you sacrifice isn't what I'm willing to sacrifice. And then she said, Jesse, I appreciate you telling me this, but you can't say things like this to me. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's the best thing that I can do is be honest with you. I'm like, you know that I won't just do anything to be dishonest. And I gave them pretty much like a notice. And I told them that they can start looking for people to replace me Um but I would make sure that I would train them and I knew it would take them time. It took them a year to actually replace me. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Within the area that I was in and it took them a year to replace me. And during that time period, I did freelance cause I didn't lo- I didn't leave on a bad note. They let me work from home and I decided that when I was leaving that whatever I did, I just wanted to be happy that was my goal. It's like I don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to and, – and, of course, you do have stresses, but I didn't want to just feel like I was doing something for the wrong reason, something that wasn't mm. aligned with my core values. Um, right. I didn't know what that looked like. <laughs> you know, like my whole career or my whole childhood was like, I'm going to be in corporate America. Or I'm going to take over the world, And <laughs> you know. And I was like, okay, you really don't want to No, what do I do? I know what I don't want to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and on me wanting to do something that made me happy at that point, I was doing a direct sales jewelry company. And we were Dress for Success, largest corporate sp- sponsor at that point. And mm-hmm. we heard that they donated over a million dollars and did all this stuff. And I remember being at this conference, and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. But what can I do? So, I decided to do five little clothing drives, and they were called Diva Date Night. That's how it started with Diva Date Night, modeling for over 10 plus years. Of course, I have designer friends, of mm-hmm. course, I have resources. You know, and I was like, okay, let me use my pool um, because I never did that before. And I was like, let me see who's willing to help me with collecting clothes. Um, and I will be able to also p- cross promote my jewelry company. So it was a win win. I'm doing something for charity, helping to bring awareness to certain brands, and then also I'm able to possibly make some money from it. That was hmm. my whole goal five events to collect clothes. And oh n- no one showed up. <sighs> You know, it's like this big festival that everyone that lives down south and even other parts of the, you know, world the yeah. United States, they come down for barbecue. I got off the plane and I can just smell barbecue. I was like, why does this smell? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, the smell was everywhere. And then someone was like, yeah, it's the, this is a livestock rodeo show weekend. So everyone's there. And I was like, oh. Um, and at that moment, Um, one person came to one of the events and me and her just sat there and talked for like two hours and afterwards she just sat down and she was just like you know what, I know you were expecting more people but it was so great to just sit down and talk to someone because we get so wrapped up and going back and forth in our everyday that we don't take time to just get to know someone and I sat in my car and I prayed and I was like, God, I don't know what this is. I don't know what's happening, but I'm open to whatever you're trying to show me. And in a couple of days I started getting more calls because I had to do a lot of cold calls just to get the opportunities that I got. And then all of a sudden the people that I made calls to started calling me. And, all this started happening in 2012, January 2012. By September 2012, we were booked out three months in advance. And wow. I remember specifically, I was at a community that we did a game night for, and the guy was like, "Jesse, this is so fun. We got to do this next month. What's your availability? And I was like, I don't know. Let me look at my calendar. And I pulled it out. And I was like, think uh, I don't think I can come back until, like, November. He's like, I think it's time. <laughs> He's like, I think it's time that you have a company name. That whole time I didn't even have a company name. Oh, I, I wow. was, it was like I, was, I didn't have insurance. You know, I, I didn't operate as I, – I didn't have any of the things that I have right now mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes me legal from the insurances to the compliance to all that. I didn't have any of that. And um, it just turned into this this process and this journey where it wasn't planned, it wasn't intended um there weren't any other individuals that I really knew of that were in this space, so I had the opportunity to set the the standard mm. and, and to to be one of the first individuals in our industry, which honestly a lot of people don't have that opportunity so no. It's, it's a good thing, but a bad thing. Because then it's like, oh, I got to reinvent the whole Like, I got to create this whole wheel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how Lux Giving started. And I, I really didn't start it out thinking that it was going to be something I was going to do. And growing up, I used to always tell my mom, because I like to cook and I like to decorate, I, my, one of my first jobs in high school was floral design. And that's something I always tell people, like, if you're present to some of the things that we find as remedial jobs or setbacks, if we really sit back and look at our purpose, they do play a major part. Every job I've had all plays a part to who I am today. Like, I never would have thought working at the grocery Mm -hmm. store flower department would be (laughs) applied to what I do right (laughs) now. (laughs) You know, never would have thought that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's
2: been been Um, awesome. uh, Who would
3: you say is uh, your general demographic? Like, who are your customers? Who do you serve? Oh, my my only customers are property managers. Like, I'm so niche and specific that it makes it easier to just know who I'm going to. So it's individuals in the multifamily industry, like the managers and the owners yeah did you start off that way did you start off like community gang rights and things like that? yeah that's so essentially we are not the face of the companies and the events we're just the people that make it easier for our clients to run them so our okay. customer is our customers is always going to be the managers, and then what we do is support them so that they are mm-hmm. connecting with their residents so we don't do li or we don't actually have our branding most of the time at events because we just want for the community to be featured so they can say, Wow, we right. did this for us, not oh, here's Thanksgiving." I mean they for the communities we work with often of course. The residents are like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here you know, but um, Yeah. But it's not about us. It's about us helping our clients.
2: It was- events that you guys have done in these uh properties.
3: Oh wow. We have had I mean the beauty of the beauty of the industry is that there is so much diversity. I mean, even like let's say in DC, um, you could have within a one mile radius, not even exaggerating, probably twenty communities, if not more, depending on how small yeah, the communities are. You know, and even where you are, there's a lot of development, and you see them and it and here's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about when I say the diversity is the diversity of the layout, the aesthetic, the energy, um the vibe, so you're gonna have properties that have more children where you'll have more um diversity and race and ethnicity. Uh, you'll have ones that are Mm -hmm. like, there's a community we work with in D.C. or we used to work with in D.C. that legitimately is a brand new property, but they designed it to look like a mansion. Everyone's apartments have marble countertops. It looks like a colonial house, apartment situation, um, in each apartment. And when you walk in, you have the foyer, you have your library with your cigar room. Like it legitimately looks like it's supposed to have been an older building, but it's brand new. And so, of course, when you have that kind Mm -hmm. of building compared to something that's very modern, two different people. One's going to be more ones that, like, I don't want you partying and getting drunk and passing out, where other ones might be like, let's party, get (laughs) drunk, and pass out. (laughs) So so we come up with a ton of ideas because of the demographic variety um, that we get to handle. So, like, last week we did a virtual cooking class. That's something that we've had to do due to COVID is moving everything to the virtual space. So um, with that, we have virtual cooking classes. So we did a flank steak with fresh chimchurri sauce and grilled Mexican corn. And the residents cooked along with the chef. And let me tell you, like, some people have been blowing me away with their skill sets because with the biggest barrier with doing a virtual event is the fact that, if someone's messing up or someone's stuck, I can't just go over and help them. I can't come and fix your artwork because your flower looks more like a tree compared to right. me. <laughs> so we have to be able to um, talk someone through. But, like, we did a watercolor painting class last week, and um, we had over 40 people in that class. And a good amount of them actually had better artwork than the inspiration picture. I was like, wow. I mean, everyone was like floored. They're like, I would buy that. I would buy that. Oh my gosh, you did so great. People put themselves off camera so you can see them. And it was a really great energy. So we have done everything from pre COVID we did, you know, the pool parties and things of that nature um, but now we get to do virtual dog happy hours where we have uh, pet trainers and obedient trainers teaching parents, pet parents, how to deal with their dogs. And, and I have to get into mm. people worlds right now. Like this is when people are either stuck at home um, or very leery or things are still closed and they need solutions. So I get a chance to think about what, are people challenged with right now, and how do I make it fun for them to learn about it or to mm-hmm. have an experience around it?
2: So let's talk about uh, the coronavirus and the impact that it had. I mean, you said that you guys ended up switching over to virtual events, which is what most people kind of made that step. I would say maybe, I don't think, like three, four weeks into it. But what was that like? Did you lose a lot of experience? Uh, Business, you guys like automatically make
3: that leap? Like, what what was that like that transition? Wow. So yes, the event industry in general is going to be affected until 2021. I, I jokingly tell my friends that I just want to make it to January 1st without being in a straitjacket or a drinking problem. That's my goal, and they just like laugh. <laughs> I'll just like oh my goodness it's it's going to be a interesting ride for us um because with events with apartment complexes or yeah let's just talk about in my industry in apartment complexes there's so much liability that's involved that we will not risk it um for larger management companies mm-hmm. so like if someone decides to do a house party and risk it all, they can do that. But you can't do that in a building with 200 other units. Because if you exactly. now have all these people and then they're all in there touching the elevators, touching all these hard surfaces, mm-hmm. and contaminating the space, an outbreak can take over a whole building in, a whole, like, in no time.
2: Mm-hmm. So
3: we've had to either educate our, res- um, our communities on how to do it effectively, Um, with social distancing for the areas that have started to open up. But honestly, for some of the um, properties, they don't care that it's been lifted a little bit. They're still not going to. And for us, we also had to do waivers because I don't want for us to go onto a community that's rushing to do something, and now we're the reason that there's an issue. And so when all of this was going on and I knew people that were doing things underneath the table, I would say, well, the way that my insurance is set up, I don't have that luxury. (laughs) Um, We have to have million dollar policies for different things. And Mm -hmm. um, we don't, this is all new for everyone. So we don't know what we're liable for. And the worst thing that you can ever do from an event planner standpoint is one, get someone sick. I mean, pre-COVID. So the worst thing you'll want is someone getting food poisoning from your event. The the worst thing now is that someone gets sick and then they possibly die. How am I covered? How am I protected? So we've had to really think about ways to do it. Um, So, like, we had a property that we did a virtual happy hour for, and we dropped off the drinks at each apartment that signed up. And so they logged online, and we had a musician that was playing music through Zoom, and then people had their cocktails and was drinking while they were listening to the music. Still fun. So we've had to make adjustments. Um, and we've had to make adjustments, but just still making sure they're interactive, not just watching, but still having a good time. So when you talk
2: about engagement, like, what are some ways that you're able to uh, create that engagement in the sense of community uh, in the building?
3: Um, so for us, I think of – it's kind of like a twofold or threefold for us because we are working with our clients' clients. So what we have to do is think of how do we want to support our clients was supporting their clients. So with the first, in April, we did a class on how to take care, how to do home hair care because all the salons and stuff were pretty much closed. So I had to sit here and think, mm-hmm. okay, now from a property management standpoint, if you could say to your residents, hey, we have this celebrity or we have this well-known hairstylist that's going to be going over hair care tips, you're getting, I'm giving them a way to get into their world. So what we yeah. have to do is like for engagement, for me, a lot of it comes down to what are their clients looking for so I'm able to give my client a solution. And, and that's the framework mm-hmm. that I operate from is like us not being the hero per se, us making our client look like the hero to their client.
2: I really love how you've been able to really niche down, like, really who your target is and then you find out, like, what their problems are and how you can be their solution. That really sounds like a really great,
3: solid business model that you have going. Thank you. Thank you. And and it's helped with marketing. It's helped us with building those relationships, so even when I'm doing a sales call um, with a new client or even with an existing client, they can tell the the heart piece and the motivation for what we do, not about, hey, you need to have us in there. It's all about us. I mean, depending on a person's business, that might very well make sense. But for me, it's not about us. It's about how we make them look. What would you say is your why? Like,
2: what makes you get up every morning and want to um, create these events and foster communities for these um, property managers? Like, what, is your, what are you passionate about? What
3: inspires you? What inspires me is making a difference. That's what inspires me. What gets me motivated, especially when, well, even still now, what keeps me motivated is seeing people smile at my events. Like, seeing that we're making a difference, we're connecting people, giving people an opportunity to just feel human. Like, even on my personal platform, I'm all about humanity. Like, working from a space where we're connecting. Because, unfortunately, in our culture right now, um, even pre-2020 apocalypse, you know, we haven't been um, really connected to people. And we're more and more busy. We have more access to ways to connect, but we're not. We're the least connected mm-hmm. than we've ever been. And I mm-hmm. just love to be able to be in someone's world and, and be able to be a part of a moment of joy or happiness and, and seeing people. Because even with last week I had did a paint and sip and there was a resume, it was supposed to be for kids, but we had adults on it, and one of the individuals, she was also on one of the trivia nights, and when she saw song she was like, hey, Jessie, and, like, those things made me happy, you know? <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. we, we've only met each other twice, and it's been through Zoom. And just mm-hmm. being able to connect with people and and for people to feel seen, like, mm-hmm. that's That's what I love to do. That's what I'm in the business for. That's really what motivates me daily. Well,
2: can you tell me about a time where you feel like you failed uh, or maybe, you know, you do not necessarily have everything set up in
3: the way that you thought it was and what lessons that you learned
2: from that? Mm.
3: Yeah, so – yeah I don't usually use fail, and and i and I highly recommend for any anyone that kind of uses that on themselves. It's like there's lessons to their lear, life learning lessons. that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. life learning lessons. and life either shows us things shows us confirmation on the things that we do that go right, and then also it shows us the ways to make improvements so that. Um, things go smoother, and within event planning in general, there's always going to be an opportunity for growth. Um, and mm-hmm. be- because it's such a human team, um, so it, I've had situations where people run late, and because there wasn't a a, a proper communication on what was expected as far as arrival, you know, mm-hmm. everyone doesn't. I've learned through this is that there's nothing that is common. Common sense isn't even common. So (laughs) it it really isn't. It might be common sense in our perspective, but to someone else, what we think they should know, they won't know. And even when it comes Mm -hmm. to businesses, I've learned that the less someone has to guess, the better it runs. So I've had mm-hmm. times where people have underperformed and I've I don't try to throw or I don't throw any of my vendors underneath the bus because I I hired mm-hmm. them. So it doesn't matter how they didn't put deliver, it's still gonna be me. And that's a conversation mm-hmm. that I have with all of my vendors is understanding that in order and everyone can't work with me either, and I've had to learn that as well. Like if someone is mm-hmm. a, because I partner with different caterers and vendors and stuff, and if someone is very self-absorbed, we are not going to we are not going to jive. If you don't know how to talk to me, we are not going to jive. If you're going to go in and do something reckless because that's how you do things in your normal business, we are not going to jive. So I've had to learn mm-hmm. that when hiring someone, understanding how someone views integrity, what are their standards when it comes to business, because some people believe that you are on time if you get there five, ten minutes before. And as long as it starts around that time, you're okay. No, we're booked from 6.30 to 8.30. You need to be there an hour, hour and a half early so that when people walk in at 630, you're already ready. Everything can be set up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, everything is set up and you don't have to worry about it. But everyone doesn't have that concept. So um, my learning lessons have all been in not allowing there to be gray zones in communication. Mm Mm-hmm, being very clear about your expectations. Yep, and then also creating a platform in a space so that when someone's not happy with me that they can even talk to me. And and mm-hmm. we have very open co- conversation. I, I've had some people that have called me and they're, I mean, no one's ever disrespected me and I've never disrespected anybody else. So they, that would never happen. Um, mm-hmm. But even when they're not happy about something, they can say hey, Jesse, like, I don't know what, what they're thinking. I don't know what's going on, da-da-da. And I'm like, okay, cool, I understand. And and we can talk it out. And so I've had to learn that just like how the residents want to be heard and seen, my, my vendors want to be heard and seen too.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. What would you say um, has been the
2: best investment that you've made in yourself thus far, like maybe – classes or training or um, something that – some type of uh, practice or principle that you put into place, but what would you say has been the best investment, -investment, self-investment thus far in your career?
3: Um, My biggest investment has been really on the personal development phase. Like, I actually have done um, Landmark Forum. It's a curriculum that's out there that's really – Beneficial for getting clear about the stories that we're telling ourselves that are blocking our block, blocking us from having the life that we really want and being fully mm-hmm. self expressed and that was pivotal for me because um, being in business for eight years, you of course have ups and downs, and you mm-hmm. might hold on to the downs with, like, very bad band-aids, more or less than just letting them be a lesson that you learn, not mm-hmm. allowing it to shape who you see yourself as or the potential of your business. And when things went bad or slowed down in my company, I kind of did this whole cowering thing where I avoided calling clients that – um I thought had a bad perception about the company. I avoided reaching out to certain people when things went wrong. I just was running, essentially. And Mm -hmm. what I had learned was that I was making up this story in my head about how people perceive the company or even perceive me. Mm -hmm. And going to that class, I called, it was specifically one of the communities that I worked with all the time but then all of a sudden I stopped hearing from them. So then of course we're like, Okay, like well I'm gonna say of course but some other people might not do this. For me it was like, what is going on? They're not responding to me, you know, and I'm thinking that <laughs> I'm thinking that there's this agenda going on and you know yeah. and so I stopped calling out of shame, thinking that something was going on and I ended mm-hmm. up calling this community and asked for the person I always work with. They were like, I don't know who that is. I asked for another person, and like, I don't know who that is. And they're like, we've had a whole new office for the last year. I was like, really? Oh. So the whole time, I'm thinking that they don't like me because everyone <laughs> I communicated to, it just said no one worked there anymore, and they didn't even work for the company no more. So... I was so in my head about something that wasn't right, Mm -hmm. something that wasn't real, but I just made it real in my life, in my mind, but it wasn't really what was going on. And so I've learned that's how my perspective about lessons is the way that it is because Mm -hmm. I had to get out of my, my own head about, um, the stories I was creating about things, you know, and just facing things. Like that was something I had to do. So and as an entrepreneur, I highly recommend always working on yourself and not from a space of like something's wrong with me, you know, because if that's the case, then we're always going to be feeling inadequate <laughs> and, and we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but just always being able to get more insight on what you're considering your truth that may actually be a lie. Mm. Wow. I, I think uh, that class
2: is probably very helpful, because imagine if you kept going through life with that dream, you know, that mm-hmm. would really make you, did you just assume that way about so
3: many different things and miss out on so many opportunities? Yep, 100%. And, and yeah. now I work with the community all the time. They actually give me referrals, The person that I thought had a problem, actually, you know what, I I just thought about it. I have to actually call him anyway. And so the guy that no longer worked at that community, he works at another community, and we still work together. We actually had a conversation a year ago about this whole story. And he was like, "Hun, during that time, I left because my mom was sick. Wow. He was like, my whole world was being shook. So it had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with you. So if I never even Mm -hmm. had took that class, I've been walking around thinking that he's not even the coolest person I know, one of the coolest people I know. Yeah. That I started out knowing through work, you know. And that's where understanding what is your lens saying about you, what is it Mm -hmm. even what you're saying about yourself that is either holding you back or holding back your relationships or holding back the growth that you have in your business, because all of that plays a major, major part in what we even think is possible for us.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, last question before we go to the commercial break. Where do you see yourself and your company, uh, let's say, like in the next five
3: years? Like, what's your vision? Being international. I see it as being international because multifamily housing is very popular in the U.K., Um, being able to have a membership site where we're educating property managers on how to really retain their customers and being able to effectively run events. And my ultimate goal is to have us in 20 major cities doing and supporting managers all over, And, and that's really what I see for us. Wow. And how many city agencies are you guys in now? Um, right now, we are operating in five. Wow. That's not, I mean, that's not too much far further away from your goal. That's
2: really, that's really amazing
3: that uh, they are able to do that. And it's mostly all virtual, right? Like remote. Yeah, right now, yeah. Most of it's virtual right now. Wow. That's amazing. Well, We've been
2: talking to Jessie Gary from L- com about how she became a boss in the events industry. After the break, Jessie and I will share some helpful resources that help you build your business, and we'll get into our listener letter in the Ask the Boss segment. Stay tuned. The Boss Bar Podcast will be right back after these messages.
0: Join Boss Up Magazine at the second annual Boss Dash in Washington, DC, October 24th, 2020 from one to 6 p.m. This event is gonna be bringing bosses together. It will offer a dynamic speaker panel, amazing vendors, phenomenal meet and greets, and so much more. If you are located in the DC, Maryland, or Virginia area, please come out to this amazing event and have a good time, expand your network, and Boss Up. For more details about this event, you can learn more at bossupmag.org slash boss bash. See you there.
2: And we're back with Jesse Gary from Lux Giving LLC. Thanks for being on the show
3: today, Jesse. Thank you so very much for having me. I've been right. fun. Yeah, me too.
2: Um, So the next part of the show, we're going to talk about boss tools. And it's basically a segment of the show where we both will share helpful tips that the listeners can use in their business. If you guys have a tool or you think that our listeners would benefit from um, using something, feel free to send a message to bossbarpod at gmail.com. The boss tool that I want to share is a helpful app called Planoly. And this app is helpful because if you're running an e-commerce business or something where you want to show a lot of different pictures at once, you know that on Instagram algorithm, it's really important to post every single day um, just to get that engagement up. Planoly helps you in that way because you're able to set up your grid, set up your posts, and sync them with a special time that you want them to be posted. And so you don't have to spend each and every day figuring out, okay, what am I going to post today? What am I going to post today? So it kind of takes the hassle out of that and makes it a little bit easier for you. Um, and you also can see what your grid will look like before it posts. Um, you can download this, I think, both on Apple iTunes and also on Android devices. And it's also important to mention that there is a paid version and a free version. And actually, the free version you Really gives you a majority of the things that you need. Um, so it's something worth looking into if you have a business where you need to keep that engagement up. And that's pretty much all businesses. So,
3: Jesse, um, what's yours? And I love that one. That's actually a great tool. Um, for me, mm-hmm. I've asked one of the biggest tools I've started doing um, in the last couple of, I would say, religiously or consistently this year is making sure I have two day planners or two planners. If you're an electronic person, cool. I'm more of a physical person, so I like to have two Trend. day planners. <laughs> like, especially with events, like, it can be so easy to overlook colors and all that on electronics. I'm like, give me a day planner. Um, so I have mm-hmm. been very present to keeping perimeters for a personal space. And I'm like, I do not subscribe to this me sacrificing my whole life to have a career because then it'll be, Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to now create something special in my life when I'm like 60 years old. I'd rather (laughs) be able to have some kind of balance. So one of my tools has really been using um, two day planners where one is my personal life stuff and then one I have with my work life stuff. So then that way I'm consciously holding appointments to myself as well as mm-hmm. holding appointments to my workload so that it's – I don't think mm-hmm. there's something as balance, but I'm being conscious to honoring my word to myself as well as being mm-hmm. conscious to honoring the word that I keep to my business because if I'm always keeping, the you know, my promises to my business but I'm always neglecting myself, and that would leave me pretty upset, stressed, and depressed. So I'd rather just be, be able to honor myself as much as I can mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So I hope that I helpful. love
2: that. I love that idea, and I think it's really important now because of the coronavirus a lot of people are working from home. So it's kind of like Mm -hmm. that work-life balance completely gets thrown off. Uh, It's like, well, I've been sitting on the couch on my computer all day anyway, so I guess I'll just work until 12 a.m. or, you know, things like
3: that. So I think that probably really helps a lot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you definitely have to have some kind of balance with it because if not, you'll just really feel anxiety. Like we're already going through all of these grievances turbulence and the traumas from everything that's going on this year. And the last thing you want to Mm -hmm. do is just find yourself neglecting your mental peace. Like our mental peace is everything, especially as a business owner.
2: Absolutely. That's funny because that's one of our first questions um, as we get ready to shift into the Ask the Boss segment. Um, If you guys have any questions or about any aspect of starting a business, Being motivated or you just want to say hello, shoot us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Our first question comes from Carol from New York State. Carol says, I've been in the bakery industry for the past three years. I mostly service birthdays and small events, but I've been getting more and more inquiries about
3: doing weddings.
2: I personally do not like to do weddings because I find them extremely stressful. I don't want to turn away the money, but I also don't want to compromise
3: my mental health. What should I do? I love this question because I am in the same boat. Because (laughs) when people hear events, like I do events, I don't know why Mm -hmm. for some reason people want to say, hey, I'm doing this birthday party, I'm doing this. Like, Mm -hmm. can you help me? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, that's not what I do. Um, I can (laughs) align Mm -hmm. you with that person. And in the beginning, I used to really be open to it, to helping people in that capacity, especially since it was something I was able to do, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So one thing Mm -hmm. that I would highly recommend is that you taking any and everything just because it's offered may not help with propelling your business. And Mm -hmm. it will have you going down a path that you already knew wouldn't fulfill you. And Mm. if you took the energy to learning how to maximize what you really love doing, then these type of opportunities won't even shift you. So making sure Mm. that you're honoring what your values are, honoring what you're looking to do in this world with your business, because spending time doing that will be way more rewarding than having all of this business within the wedding world. Like it's a special kind of person that takes on wedding events. And I am not that person. And I'm very clear that I am mm-hmm. not the yeah. shower person. I'm not like, I <laughs> rather, I, give me corporate money, write that check. And then I don't hear from you yeah. until a week or two before. Like I don't want to go back and forth on colors. And, You know, with weddings, Mm -hmm. it's such a personal thing for people and women specifically, Mm -hmm. and if you're, yeah, you might have made some extra money, but if you sacrifice yourself at that, like, we have Mm -hmm. to have, we have to put a high dollar value on our mental health. It can't just be given away for a few hundred bucks or maybe a thousand dollars depending on your markup. Me having a mental breakdown for a thousand dollars—it that that's not, not that doesn't it is not worth it. <laughs> it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, Definitely. i It's going to cause breakdowns in other parts of my life as well.
2: Absolutely, yeah, so I, I would suggest that you get very well versed in the art of saying You know, <laughs> um, you know there's lots exactly of different ways that you can say it. Um. There's lots of different ways that you can say it that can come off, you know, abrasive, and there's lots of ways you can say it in a passive way. There's lots of ways that you can say it where you're kind of helping to push them towards other people. You may even want to compile a list of vendors or other um, people that can make the cakes for them that you work with you highly recommend. Mm -hmm. But just like Jesse said, it's definitely not worth uh, jeopardizing your mental health. So. I hope that answered your question. Um, This next question is pretty short, um, but I think it will be a good one for you to answer. Uh, This question is from Byron from Miami. He owns Mm -hmm. a hair company. And he says, hello, Boss Bar Podcast. My name is Byron, and I'm the proud owner of a black hair care line. Business was booming before the coronavirus hit, but now my sales have dropped. What are some ways that I can keep
3: my clients engaged and interested in my products? Great question. And honestly, like, even though COVID is going, or Corona or COVID-19 is happening, um, people that get their hair done, they still don't want to do their own hair, even though Mm -hmm. we're having to do so. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. is having hair coloring packages or hair processing kits for your existing client base, I feel that sometimes as business owners, especially a service base, um, we can be fearful that we're going to take ourselves out of business. No. Like anyone that's doing the hair and nails right now, we're just doing it so that we don't have to get sick if that wasn't what we were doing before. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to show your your clients how to now never use you. No, they're just doing it for right now. So the biggest Mm -hmm. thing is being able to transition your clients either to virtual sessions or you sending them home with kits so that they can do certain services on their own or even showing them in between services through paid Zoom sessions Or, Mm -hmm. or the session can be free where you Sell a product for them to use, and you're showing them how to use the product. Um, but that's the best way. Like any, they have more problems now than they had before. So, yeah. get into their world and what they're challenged with. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the best
2: way. Um, just from just listening to this interview and then just the advice that you just gave, is just. Figuring out, figuring out ways to make things simpler for your customers. Like if your business was booming before, coronavirus, then taking care of your customers, you know, should be number your number one priority, making things easier for them, helping them to find solutions. So you may just have to sit back and brainstorm different ways to do things. I like your idea of virtual um, sessions, whether it's, you know, we do it together or mm-hmm. we're teaching them something different. A friend of mine, um, her name is Miani. She has a hair salon here in Detroit. And she actually started this whole workshop called um, For Black Girls Who Never Learned How to Braid. And she was, it actually blew up. Like she was even teaching in New York times. Um, oh, yeah. And she ended up just teaching her students, her, her customers, Just simple ways to braid their hair, how to, you know, some people want to braid their hair under the weave, or they want to have box braids, or simple things they could do, and she kept the price extremely low, so that it's accessible, so she was available for her current clients, it kept engagement up, and it opened her up to a whole new uh, realm of people, and uh, frankly, I feel like it put her in in a new spot as an expert on that issue, so... 100%. 100%. A hundred percent. ways Yeah, different ways you can see things, you know.
3: And I think if people really opened up in that space because I feel that sometimes we don't want to share out of the fear that someone's gonna take our business or that they're mm-hmm. we're tossing ourselves out. Like I even found someone that did really pretty wreaths um wreaths for holidays for the doors mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey, have you ever thought about doing virtual class? And she's like well, no, I was like, let me tell you, someone that will pay, I'm like, Michael does virtual, I mean, does wreath <laughs> making classes all the time. And they mm-hmm. sell the wreaths. People still are going to yeah. either do it themselves or they're going to want to buy it. And the thing is is that those that don't want to use their time to do it, they're just going to keep buying it. But there are going to be some that want to actually buy the kits and the supplies from you. So whatever yeah. your business is, being in the space of, like, how can I – because ha- we have more issues now than we did before March – for me, March 15th. You know, so mm-hmm. looking at who are your, your clients, what are the challenges they're facing, and how do you make their life easier?
2: hmm Absolutely.
3: And I think whether
2: the a role going on or not, that is always the essential question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're putting together your business plan – And when you want to, you know, usually that's like the of If you have something that's really going to work out, make a great question is, what problem am I I addressing and how am I making it easier for other people? Um, So I I really think, I hope that that helps to answer your question. Um, Once again, guys, if you have any questions that you'd like to be read on the show, feel free to send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Well, it's underpaying painless to wrap up the show, but before we go, um, I just want to know what advice do you have, Jesse, for people who want to follow in your footsteps? you know, maybe their whole career plan was set up for them uh, in the corporate world and they're thinking about taking that new step into entrepreneurship.
3: uh, What words of advice would you give to someone in that position? The biggest advice that I can give anyone um, that is, going into business or that is already in business is just being clear about your core values and what you stand for and how you want to be a light in this world and just show up in that daily. And it's going to be moments where you're going to want to go down other paths, but staying true to you and who you are it's going to feel so much better than actually not being authentic to it down the road. Mm, absolutely.
2: Um, once again, guys, um, we've been talking to Jessie Gary from com. You guys can find her on Instagram at LLC. If you're interested in getting more information about her business or if you're a property manager and you want to hire her, talk to her about some ways you can develop community in your property, definitely check out her website, LuxGivingLLC.com. Final question that I ask everyone that comes on the show, what makes you,
3: Jesse Geary, of LuxGiving LLC, what makes you a boss? What makes me a boss is being true and authentic daily. And that is what I rest in every day because as long as I'm being authentic with myself, my customers know who I am, and then I continue to grow and prosper along the way. Awesome.
2: Thank you so much for joining us on the
3: show today, Jesse. I really enjoyed talking with you. Same here. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to hear – like with some other bomb spades and just any of the listeners were able to get from this actual podcast. And I want to wish everyone a prosperous end to this 2020 year.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the, the beginning started off a little rocky, but I, I think we're going to have a smooth landing. I really, really do believe that. It's all in your mindset, so, Coming yes. To- <laughs> Coming to the show and bosses. Until next time, stay bossed up and stay blessed.
1: You've been listening to the Boss Bar Podcast with The Fly Girl. If you would like to have your business or your project featured on the show, have questions you would like to ask the bosses or just want to say hi, send us an email at bossbarpod at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time on the Boss Bar Podcast.